0: Today is Sunday, October 28th, 2018, and I'm your host, Tracy Harris, and with me today is a special co-host, Reggie Benamy. who uh, founded Haitian Free Thinkers, right? Yes. Yeah, so we'll be talking to uh, Reggie in just a few minutes. I have a couple of announcements. First, our normal announcement, that the Atheist Experience is a production of the Atheist Community of Austin, which is a Texas nonprofit educational organization dedicated to promoting separation of church and state and positive atheist culture. I want to announce that after the show tonight, we won't be doing an after show because we're premiering Parenting Beyond Belief, which is our newest program that's going to happen right after the show today. Tonight is going to feature Claire Wilner, who you know from Godless Bitches, and also Janet Heimlich, who was on a recent Godless Bitches, and then also Mandisa Thomas, who everyone knows from Black Nonbelievers and also her role on American Atheists, and Later, shows will feature Dale McGowan and Kendall Hopkins. In fact, they're going to be on next week's program. The show's regular format and regular programming is going to be live streaming on the second and fourth Saturdays of every other month at—I mean, sorry, every month at 1 p.m. Central. So that's second and fourth Saturdays every month at 1 p.m. Central. And for people who are local, you can join us for dinner after the show at the ACA studio and free thought library on Koenig. We are having tacos tonight. So it's taco Sunday is what I was told. So we're we're looking forward to that. And I do have a couple more announcements for Atheist Community of Austin, which is that we are looking for volunteers for social media moderation and promotion. If you're interested in volunteering online, email socialmedia at atheist-community.org. And if you're interested in volunteering locally Austin for local events and community service, stop by the Freethought Library during open hours or email megan, M-E-G-A-N, at atheist-community.org. Additionally, we have a job posting out for director of operations, so we're hiring, and there is more information on all of our social media platforms. This has been posted and put out, and we also have this at our main website. I have been told that there should be uh, links to the job description or the job description itself will be included in the post. I understand that it's a pretty long job description, so if you're interested in that, if you think that you fit that bill, if... Uh, if you'd like to read more about it, check it out and see if, if it fits with you or if you think that it does and reach out to us in that event and feel free to apply. I also was asked to say that Matt is going to be on next week hosting, which is normal, and he's going to start with a correction and an apology for something that happened last week. So I don't have further information on that, but just to let people know, he wanted to announce that um, before another week had passed. So he was pretty... um Feeling, feeling it. All right. So this is a sincere uh, thing that he just wants to make sure people know he's going to do it, and then when he does it, I just want you to know that it really he means it. So that's everything I have, which is actually quite a lot, <laughs> quite a mouthful. And so welcome again, Reggie. I'm so glad that you could come.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your work in uh, with Haitian free thinkers and other things that you might be doing?
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Reggie, uh, and uh, basically I started a group called Haitian Free Thinkers back in January of 2012, uh, about two years after the earthquake that hit Haiti, and uh, the one that Pat Robertson made his famous comments on about um, Haitians making the deal with the devil. So um, I decided that um, after going to a local atheist convention down in South Florida where I lived at the time, that I should do something to... Um, I don't know, try to find other atheists who are Haitians like myself. Um, I thought that it was going to be a, a a challenge to find um, 10 uh, Haitian atheists, but uh, we've been, managed to pass that by a long shot, so I'm very happy about that. So, um, yeah, so um, the group is just trying to basically do something kind of like what the ACA does, um, positive athe- atheism, Educate, um, be like an ambassador to the believing Haitians out there who don't even know that we exist because it's not really a thing in the community. So um, I try to do all that. Yeah.
0: And what is the religious climate? What is the religious demographic, um, in your view, that you see in Haiti?
1: Well, um, based on my research, it's uh, well almost everybody's religious. Um, the last pie chart that I saw I had like a one percent slice for. Um, non-affiliated, not necessarily atheist or whatever so we have a little bit over 10 million people living in Haiti right now I think the diaspora diaspora um, number is at around 3 to 5 million all over, all over the world but pretty much everybody's religious uh, mostly Catholic because of our history with colonial colonialism um, growing up everybody knows about the African um religion of voodoo but um when i was younger it was used as a scare tactic um there wasn't anybody that i knew that came out and said that i practiced the religion so i didn't hear too much about that and when we migrated uh, to miami my mother started going to like protestant churches and so um eventually i became a baptist and but um, most people are still religious down there um and um but since then i've discovered that there's a little bit more diversity now there's there's um, pretty much every group that you can think of down there. And there are still people going to Haiti to proselytize based on um, looking at Haitians as people that need help for various things. So it's a field that still is very saturated with um, um, people that go proselytize you know, for various different denominations. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to represent the secular aspect, right. which is very, very difficult.
0: And what do you think about, um, because I know that you're familiar with uh, being here stateside, you know, and so it's this isn't like new to you. It's not your first time that you've been in the States. Uh, so what do you think is... Unique when it comes to what the atheist community is confronted with in Haiti versus maybe a place like here. You said you've been enjoying the culture here in Austin. I know you've been in other places. I think you had. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you had like a military background. Was I do. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Um,
0: so you've traveled.
1: I've traveled. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so, what do you think is unique to Haitian secular communities?
1: Um, I think what's unique is that it's not. Um, I'm not going to say it's not alive because I know some members are in Haiti right now. It's just that from my understanding is that to gather and do things like we're doing, they have to have um, some kind of documentation with the government just to do like formal meetings from what I heard. Okay. And so um, it's not a thing that is discussed um, as far as um, just knowing that it exists as an option, like I said before. Um, so everybody thinks that, you know, it's a, it's a new or strange concept. Um I don't know too many, um, historical figures that we can say, like, oh, this guy was, um, in that secular realm and he's an okay. author or he's a you know, movie star, you know. So I've been trying to do all that research to to show that, you know, this is not something new that other people do. Cause, um, there's a, um, propensity for people to think that atheism is a, a older white male domain. Wow. okay. And, uh, so, by showing that, you know, we're regular people, All right. um, and Haitian, that, you know, it's a thing that is, um, possible, and that uh, we can demystify whatever, um, questions that hopefully, you know, comes along with that.
0: Right, so what you're saying is like we have um, icons that we, we can reach back to historically that are, you know, atheist writers and thinkers, even if it's not a majority of people, like in the European tradition. Right. Whereas you're saying that, you know, in the Haitian tradition, it's much, you don't have that sort of foundation that you can point to and say, hey, here's some great leadership that we had in the past in this. So you're, you're dealing with kind of a, a fresher, um, newer, environment I guess it
1: is and it and I, I don't think that's as if it didn't exist right but there's certainly um
0: not as prominent it's not
1: as prominent so right. so um I heard that this guy named Jacques Romain was a author um, who espoused um, secular thoughts but again it didn't proliferate all throughout the culture right so um it, it's gonna look as if it's a new thing but um, it's okay because it has to start from
0: somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to let people know um, I did see your interview with Ariel on uh, Fully Deconverted, and that was quite impressive. So, yeah. if uh, if you're interested in hearing more um, about Reggie and what he's what he's done and what he's doing, you can definitely tune into that. Again, the the sh- the programming is is called Fo- Fully Deconverted. That's the name of the podcast, and they do some series and some really great work. And just to say that uh, your particular interview I thought was was well done. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Sure thing. And we have callers. Okay, so... And uh, so let's go ahead then and we'll, we will hit uh, David in Miami who says that he has proof that God exists and he believes that Judaism is the true religion. Hi, David, you're on with Tracy and Reggie.
2: How are you? Good. Um, um, first, I want to say that uh, my phone and the video I was watching it on is not on the same rate, so I can't see your hand gestures or anything like that. I okay. just am talking to you on the phone. All right. Um, basically, um, I I was I start I I I believe that Judaism is the true religion, and I I started I already studied it for like a year, so I'm not so in actually intelligent, but. Throughout this year, I, I I did encounter like seven different um, proofs. Um, obviously, I don't think there will be enough time for all of them today. But if there will be at least for like three of them, maybe I could call another week and then I'll just say the four. But you know, yeah. Start with your first,
0: Start with your best one, and and we'll work down and see where it goes.
2: Okay. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically. Um, oh, so it's not seven proofs, there's seven types of proofs, meaning like there's more there's um, examples for each. So okay, the first type of proof is like all the ones with nature. So basically in uh, I'll give you an example. So in the Torah, it says that um, that for um, so you know how there's like over two million different kinds of land animals, and I mean there's a lot of different kinds of animals live on land and it says that in order for um, animal for animals um, that live on land for it to be kosher for you to eat it needs to have split hoofs and it must chew its cut like vomit and swallow it again um, which some animals do that and basically it says that there's going to only be four animals that will exist that will have only one of the two, It would either have split hooves or choose to cut, and that would be like the pig, the hare, um, the rabbit, and uh, the camel, I think. So it names the four, and then after 3,000 years, no one is able to find another animal, except for those four that only have one of the two signs. And I doubt that someone in in, um, the desert or 3,000 years ago without any computers would know something like that.
1: Okay, are you impressed by that?
2: Um, I am really impressed. I don't really see that so much in other religions. Um,
1: I see it in Islam. That's exactly what Muslims say about Muhammad. They'll say that the Quran said this, or, um, but how would a man living fourteen hundred years ago know this about that? And then, if you're not a Muslim, most of the time you're not impressed by it. Um, I can think of several examples that they cite. But um, they say exactly the same thing for Islam. And I, I read the Quran, just like I read the Bible, and I'm not Muslim. So, um, And also, I that was supposed to be a mistake in the Bible. Um, as far as I know, rabbits do not uh, chew the cud. Uh, so that was uh, something that I discovered when I was reading um, secular books. Um, so I, I, you, you might want to look into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll
2: look into it. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah, I'm looking at Karm. I'm just trying to see because I was kind of, I had heard the same thing, but I wanted to sort of look it up at first. Um,
2: and by the way, it's the same thing with um, the fishes. So in order for, they, for them to be um, kosher, needs need to have scales and fins. And uh, it doesn't say it in the written Torah, but it says in the oral Torah, that every fish that will have scales will have fins, and no one else could find a fish that has fins and not scales.
1: Okay, well, um, not everybody knows the difference between the written and the oral Torah. I learned about that in my studies. Can you tell the audience what is the difference between the written and the oral Torah?
2: So basically, the written Torah is the famous Old Testament that everyone knows, and that and it names 613 commandments. But you're not going to be able to know how to do any of the 613 commandments that are on there. It's just to... to um, Keep this the seventh day, but like you're not going to really know how to do any of the technicalities or anything like that. So if it, it, um, so, uh, um, God taught the Jewish people, and they um, and they uh, and and how to do all of the six hundred thirteen commandments. And then after uh, many many years, um, the Jewish people started forgetting them, so they started writing them, and now we have it, and it's called. The Talmud, it's 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 the Gemara and Mishnah and basically there it has uh, the explanations of how to do the six hundred and thirteen, which is not so famous.
1: Okay. Where where is God and can he come to our show like right now?
2: Um it's just that if he does that then the whole test of the world will then if if God
1: if God just Shows himself to me right now, then, then. then. Not to you. Can he come to the studio? Can he come to the studio where I am right now
2: and reveal himself to you? Yes. Um, he could. Yes.
1: So why don't you have him come?
2: Um, because then the the whole test, of, then there won't be no test.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What test? Because God showed, God revealed himself to people all the time in the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, God showed So his-
0: there is no, the test of faith is like a, a Christian thing. When you're talking about God um, and faith in God, it, it had nothing to do with faith in the belief that God existed in the Old Testament. Faith in God meant that you, you thought that he was faithful to his word, right? So the question of God existing was not a question in the Old Testament because he actually went and had dinner, I think, with Abraham mm-hmm. and he showed his back parts to like, was it Moses, Moses or Moses, uh. so God revealed himself to people, you know, flagrantly in the old Testament. He, he showed up just like a person at dinner. So my question would be, what test are you talking about? Because faith in God in the old Testament had nothing to do with people not knowing whether or not God existed because he revealed himself directly.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, that's a good point, um, yeah, so I guess that doesn't make the difference, but um I could give you some more evidences
1: well i I only ask that because I've for me the the best evidence is to show up like if if Tracy and everybody who does this show and everything have been talking about some magical guy or well, somebody named Reggie forever and I've had the opportunity to show up, and then now you can see me live, you can talk to me live. I think that's the best thing anybody can ask for, especially for someone that's supposed to be everywhere at, at the same time and has all this ability and power. So I don't think it's too much to ask to have him show up right now, and then that way you don't have to present seven proofs or anything. We'll have the person in question, and we can talk directly to yeah, him.
0: Yeah, when there was a question, I've I was looking it up to see... Uh yeah, and it was in First Kings eighteen thirteen where they they have a contest right. So there's a contest between the gods, and the Jews call down uh, Elisha. Yeah, to to come to come and and. Eat. Burn up that he burns up the altar God burns up the altar yeah, burns bowls. up the sacrifice burns the soil like just sends a fire that is out of control it was
1: a whole pyrotechnic show <laughs> yeah. and Elisha was even talking smack to the priest of Baal
0: yeah about how their God wasn't doing anything so so yeah. God of the Old Testament God of the Jews was not uh, was not shy about showing himself right and especially if if there was like a, a request for a test, Right? there wasn't. You don't see stuff like that until Christianity where they're saying like, oh, you don't tempt God and you don't test God. And it's, in the Old Testament, if you tested God, he came down and just kicked your ass right in front of everyone.
1: And in fact, there's a contradiction in the Bible, I think in Malachi, where uh, Yahweh says directly to test him in reference to coming up with um, some financial goods or something to that. So besides all that, all I'm simply saying is that it will be the best thing is to have him show up right here, right now. We have cameras, we have microphones. Why doesn't he do that?
2: Um, or she? So there's two things. So, first of all, I will ask this question to my rabbi and see what he says because every question I ever ask, I mean, he always answer to me with a logical answer. But, second thing to this question is um, just because he doesn't show up doesn't prove that, he's, that it's not true.
0: Correct, correct. But what I'm saying is, and the reason I brought up the King's example was because there's many examples of God showing himself, for example, to people that already believed in him. But this was an example where he actually showed up when asked by one of his faithful in order to demonstrate to people who thought, you know, their God was the God, um, that he actually was the God. So this was him sort of demonstrating himself to people who were not believers and who were not his worshipers and who, and, and at the request of his a uh, prophet, he was willing to come down and show himself and demonstrate to them that he was real, and so I'm just kind of saying that you know we have not only examples where he reveals himself straight up to his followers, but where he um, reveals himself to to non believers um, as well.
1: Do you know if he likes tacos? Because we'll have tacos supposedly. <laughs> tonight for dinner tonight. if he wants
0: to come for tacos. So I know he he's ate with
1: Abraham. Um, so I don't know if it's kosher stuff and all that, but we'll try to yeah. accommodate him as best as we can.
0: Now, to be fair, he invited himself to dinner with Abraham, so I don't know if he accepts invitations.
1: Okay. so um, But but,
0: when it's, but when the door is open and God is welcome.
1: Yeah, we'll work around the dietary pieces. So And notice that you have to ask your rabbi and not ask your uh, Yahweh directly. I think that should be a clue right there, personally.
0: But and also, we can't have fire. We have restrictions.
1: Okay. So he'd
0: have to eat out in the parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, but we could work around <laughs> that. Then. Be, but I mean, we're just kind of being lighthearted about it. Please don't feel like we're you know making fun of you or anything like that. We're just having a little bit of no, fun no, here. Of course, of, course, um, of course. And so let's see. Um, oh, what about um, if I were to tell you that
2: um, last week we went to China together and we had a great time, and then we went to Hawaii and we. And we just five minutes ago, we just ran two miles together. Mm-hmm. Um, you would probably say I'm crazy uh, that that did not happen. And I'm 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 I'm, I'm assuming that if a, a guy just comes to a whole nation and says, "By the way, you guys were just in Egypt enslaved. You guys saw the ten plagues, and then you saw the ocean split." And wait, 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 what, Okay, wait,
0: wait, wait. I want to hold up because the the whole Egypt. Pharaoh's story thing, I'm not sure is is valid. I mean, that's you know, a that's you know, a myth. So, it's not valid.
2: so let's say it's not. So let's, not, so let's say it's not true. So a, a guy comes to all these people because he wants to show, he wants to give this book and start this religion, and basically he, he says, "You guys, all you guys, because the book says that the book is given to these people." So, um, so these, so he says, "Hey guys, so." So you guys saw the ocean split. Um, your clothes are growing with you. Uh, you're getting food from the sky, and you don't even have to go to the bathroom with it. Sure. All these things, all of these things. Don't you think that all these people, this whole nation, will just say, um, "Please get out of here. You're crazy."
0: Um, right, but these are stories. Like like that. That didn't happen. Right? I mean, when you go and look up archaeology, there's nothing to back up a story that should have some records and some other things that we would be able to find that would verify this. This isn't just like a a small thing where maybe they talk about a minor miracle with Jesus where there might have been just a few people in a room that would have seen it. I mean, you're talking about millions of people traversing this desert for 40 years right and breaking out of Egypt in this really you know very public way and we don't have anything to demonstrate that that story is real and not a myth
3: and which exactly
0: right but, but why would you say then that this is that you think that this book is true
2: no, no, Exact if, if you come to me with that story, I'm going to answer you back with um, I wasn't there, and I don't. I I'm not even it. saying
0: I wasn't there. I'm saying that there should be some archaeological backup for this because it's a huge story that spanned a lot of time in areas of the world that did keep records and they oh, interacted with people.
2: Okay, and in, in the ocean, didn't they find? You know how when all the Egyptians drowned because of no. If you're gonna, that, don't
0: bring up the chariot wheel because that's a hoax. Um, uh, uh. Look into the chariot wheel thing, and you'll find that it's not very good evidence. Um,
1: are you sure you haven't? Okay. Have, have you? Are you sure that you haven't uh, looked into Islam because they made some of uh, the same claims, including this pharaoh that supposedly been uh, preserved from that same scene from the bible but regardless even if all those things did happen what's wrong with him showing up right now and having some tacos with us with camera equipment and just having a good old time
2: yeah yeah uh, i really don't
0: know okay that's
1: fair
0: fair, yeah well hey we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move on to some other calls david um but I want to thank you for your call and yes you are you know as far as I'm concerned you're welcome to call back. I think you were very civil and you know you you I think you expressed yourself uh, honestly, laid out what you thought and what impressed you, what didn't and um I think that's fair for a call. So uh definitely feel free to call back if you have more to talk about or other questions or uh, you know as questions as far as how do atheists respond to this or what do you think about that? I think that's um the types of calls that we're looking for.
2: Yeah, thank you so much
0: for your time. Sure, thank you. Yeah,
2: appreciate
0: it. All right, so we're gonna go now. To let's see, we've got George in Tennessee who wants to know how atheists are going to respond to rapid advancements in artificial intelligence. Hey, George, you're on with Tracy and Reggie.
4: <clears throat> Hello. Hey. Hi. Um. Yeah i uh, I was uh, I've been paranoid schizophrenic for about two decades a long time and as you guys know the world has been changing drastically and um, and so on on the internet i've noticed a a large population of uh, targeted individuals and things and uh, it makes me think of uh well you know the the mythological writer Joseph Campbell yes um uh, well he has a quote uh that aborted shamans um, are schizophrenics. And I, I wonder if aborted mystics, like people who are overcome with awe, who kind of maybe relate to all as something sacred, that maybe in our times with all this omnipresent technology that can watch us and see us, if that creation of a deity, almost like a deity anyway, like that could greatly overwhelm civilization and, and and perhaps return us back to like a certain stage of belief and I was wondering what you guys thought about that.
0: This is an interesting thing because let me tell you this went this went in a direction I did not expect. I was actually thinking that you were going to ask more about how does an atheist view something that is artificially intelligent in terms of like theists having sometimes concepts of things like soul, which would continue to differentiate, for example, a human being from any sort of artificial intelligence, right? Um, and so I was thinking in terms yeah, of how would I look at that. Too. And okay. yet you um, kind of took it to a level of what if the artificial intelligence like got to the point where it was godlike? Is that is that correct uh, expression? Right, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so if the if the artificial intelligence kind of. Took over and became the, the dominant force on the planet, like a giant dictator, or you know, like. Um, and I am assuming that. Right. Yeah. Now, are we assuming that it would be malevolent for some reason, or would it be benevolent? Well, uh, does it matter? I don't yeah,
4: know. i a good I'm, question.
0: I think, and actually, I, it's one another reason why I was kind of thinking,
4: because you know, a lot of people have said, well, this technology would come out of us, so it'd be human. And so, exactly. You know, with it's like the more that we're plugged in, the more loss of meaning that there might be in life for everybody because you know the fruits are hanging higher now. Every day, a new breakthrough happens, and every day, we all have the same insights you know, just the Eureka like effect everywhere. Well, at
0: once. and just to kind of interrupt yeah. you for a moment, I'm in thinking about your question. Um, I'm thinking of like old episodes of the original Star Treks where they actually had. Scenarios like this, right? Where people build a robot and then hundreds of years later, they forgot that it was a robot and now it runs the culture. I can think of two episodes right off the top of my head where they actually did that, where a computer ended up running the whole civilization and the people looked at it as a god right like it it actually was running things um there was one like the will of Landrew, I think it was, where they had a robot that sort of ran the the society, and then there was another one that had to do with like an eden like scenario where the people lived in a garden, and this dragon headed doorway um housed a computer that controlled the weather, and so it basically yeah. kept things in an eden like state, and the people were oh. very, very um like childlike in their perspectives on the world because they were taken care of. Um, now, those were just like two sci-fi scenarios where something yeah, like that occurred. sci-fi scenarios. Yeah, okay. Well, I haven't seen those episodes. I'm very sorry. They're old, I, I, They're I, old old originals. So that's okay. like... Well, they sound very
4: interesting. I... <laughs> (laughs) I love sci fi. I take my own stab at a kind of world like that, but that's interesting. Yeah, Star Trek. Wow. I I never really tuned into it enough, but it's
0: interesting. I mean, you know, it it seems kind of dated now when you see the original episode. So it's like I'm going to apologize if you do go look it up just for the, you know, the technical quality of it. But, um, you know, I grew up with it, so I loved it. Okay. Well, as like the seventh boy is just sin bad. I, I love that movie. Just okay. animation.
4: I know what you you're know, saying. But sometimes it, it, yeah, you know,
0: sometimes it does something for the imagination and stuff. But, so Reggie, you have yeah, thoughts on I, this? Yeah. Is there? Can you think of storylines or anything that you?
1: Um, I would just deal with it as best as I could. If I knew that they were robots, then I would treat them like robots. Um, I would not worship them. I don't see why. Um, yeah, I would just deal with it as best as I can. Um, I think a lot of times people ask questions um, with the preface, as an atheist, dot, dot, dot. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I supposed to have, like a boxed response? Because a lot of times people treat us like, I guess, religious people because they feel like atheists will respond a certain way. But I would just do my best and survive. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
0: I guess what he's saying is it would be like a non-human ever-evolving overlord that, that could overtake us as far as intelligence and capacity to the point that, you know, w- could this thing become a god to people? And, and I think that that's, I, I don't think that's a bad question. I, I do think it's the realm of sci-fi. And I just thought of another episode where they did that, where there were people um, being transported on a spaceship and it was taking so long for the ship to get where it was going that the people forgot that the ship was a ship. So they thought they were on a planet, but really they were encased in a ship after generations. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah and so— I mean, and, and that could happen. That could, well, what's funny is there's uh, there's like a priestess. They have a priestess who interacts with the computer. Of course, she doesn't know that's what she's doing. And there's rules, like there's religious rules in the society. And one of them is you're not allowed to climb up and touch the sky, right? Because then you know there's a ceiling.
4: So a coincidence to me. That's a, Hold on, i got to tell you guys. I see. I'm paranoid schizophrenic, and years ago I got fired from a job because. And I have verification for this; I can prove it. All. Well, I, I'll take your I word on it. I've coworkers and stuff. Okay, and actually, I have a few uh, coincidences have haunted me all my life. Some of them pretty potent. But in this one, I had a dream. I was driving over these hills, and there was a UFO. There was UFOs everywhere. They didn't bother anybody, unless you. I mean, you could go out there. Actually, you could touch them in my dream, but you could not touch water. In my dream, I walked into the water, and a lady came out of the water, and she was carrying a baby. And she handed me the infant, and uh, when I touched the water, the the UFO opened fire. Oh, wow. And it wasn't laser. It was machine gun fire. Okay. And I thought, I've got to get to the bottom of what's going on here. So I handed the baby to a couple, and I ran into the the woods. Uh, I guess disappeared into the forest. Well, the next day I was telling this to a friend of mine that I worked with at the donut shop. This guy who worked with me, uh, every time I, I got to the lake, he said, yeah, 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 the lady of the lake. I hadn't said anything yet. I said, yeah, that's right. And then I said, "Then not the UFO open fire? And, well, I, I don't know if I used the term open fire, maybe I did. But he said, yeah, but it was machine gun fire, not laser. And I said, yes, how did you know that? He said, I saw it with my third eye, and they're all brown." Anyway, it really
0: upset me. I can understand why. Um, and especially if you're living yeah. in a world where, you know, you, you have no way to sort of, you know, there's a, there's a book called, um, God, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the name of the book, but it's written by uh, Kurt Vonnegut's son, Mark Vonnegut. And he, had, he battled um, schizophrenia. And delusions. It's very tough, and, 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 I, and I will say that there is a
4: lot of explanation for coincidences that are mundane, like the six degrees that uh, Magrum, or what you know the scientists came up with, like the six degrees of Bacon, is what everybody.
0: Well, what what struck you know, me about his book was that he said one of the criticisms that were put out to him by by editors. So he, they submit the book, like the manuscript, and so the editors looked at it, and the and the people that they were asking to to publish this book looked at it. And they came back and they said, we really like the story, but we are having difficulty like sort of ferreting out which parts of the story are his delusions and which parts of the stories were things that actually happened. And Mark Vonnegut's response to that was pretty much, welcome to my world, right? That I can't fix that for you because I don't know, right? It's not like because I got better, I magically could go back and tell what happened in reality and what happened in my head. Um, and, Absolutely. And, and so that's and, the yeah. thing. When you have these these memories and you're saying like, and then this oh, happened. hold
4: on a minute. I got I to tell you the rest. Okay. If you don't mind. No, go ahead. All right. So um, anyway, so I tried to count to 10. It didn't work. I, I flipped out. I actually went back to the back room, and I and I feel really terrible about this. He was a little bit smaller than me, so this didn't last long. But I, I pinned him to the table, and then I thought, my God, what am I doing? And then I asked him the, the usual schizophrenic questions. Are you an alien? Can you read my mind? And I said, <laughs> and I said you got to be very careful with these answers. And he said, no, I'm not, and I can't. And I let him off the table, and I, I turned around, and it was pretty tense in there. So I turned on the radio, the work radio, and the song that was playing on the work radio was Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Um, which all I could could have other explanations. Well, it Not has meaning like to you, that. right? It, it has meaning it to you. Right, and and that kind of pins it down emotionally, you know. And it does. Now, on, on two, was 2007, a, a movie came out on my birthday. It was 23. It was Jim Carrey in it. And so, and my life is, and I imagine a lot of people's lives are like this. And maybe it's mathematical chance be um and i've worked really really hard trying to think of therapies trying to discover all the reasons why coincidences happen
0: yeah there i mean there's a book and i'm almost i i I don't even this i guess i don't know if it's um appropriate to mention it to you or not, but uh, Young did oh, one you. on, called Synchronicity. Young wrote a book called Synchronicity where right, yeah, he was, was super, I'm super confident. impressed by yeah. coincidence and I really loved the right. book and I loved his description of coincidence, which is a really um, an interesting thing to do is ask people to define the word coincidence because it's difficult mm-hmm. to define, but he did a really good job of it. But the point is, with a coincidence, it's things that have meaning to you. Right? So it, if a song comes on and it has that title, it's kind of up to you to decide whether it's meaningful based on the event yeah, that just occurred or absolutely. not. I'm, you know, and if it was just music and song. I may
4: not actually think too much about it. There's a lot of degrees, you know, it's like some coincidences. is yeah. very soft stuff, not that. Not
0: Yeah, because the song and comes it, on, thing, but, and it comes on, and it comes on, and then one day it comes on in a situation where, hey, I was just, I just had somebody yeah. pinned down, and then this song came it up, but It's kind of highlighted already moment. Right, down but down. all the other times but the, the other song day, comes on, you don't think anything of it because it's not in a situation where it's meaningful.
4: Absolutely, right? absolutely, but... Yeah, and I totally agree. And I think it's very important that people keep that in mind, especially because things are becoming a lot more interconnected. And that isn't, you know, and I kind of think, well, that makes sense because. We live in a universe that started from one point. So, why wouldn't it be connected bottom to top?
0: That was what that. Young had to say about it. That was his kind of his thinking. I don't well, know if you've read well, Synchronicity, yeah. and I don't know I'm, if you should. But, I'm familiar with his, uh, But you if know, you
4: do, and, you know, but um, yeah. And, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, and, and Carl, you know, and I, I kind of think, well, there's a lot of reasons underneath the surface and underneath the current for us to, to tie into things. And I try to remember that. And, you know, and I also try to think, well, now, you know, uh, I don't know. But anyway, but it is difficult and it is overwhelming. And that to me, it, it says, you know, and especially when people are losing maybe the hope, like uh, in the animal kingdom, there's a principle called the handicap principle, where like animals will sometimes call to a predator bird, like a small bird might call to it. And, and that's to let the bird, the predator, know that it's aware that it's there. And uh, another example, the one that's important to me here, is that stooting I think they call it stooting. they jump up and down when the predators are near, instead of just taking off, like deers will do that if wolves are around. Okay. Or antelope, you know. And, and, and they do this to demonstrate their strength. Well, I kind of think that's happening to society. It's becoming stronger and stronger like this gazelle. And then, and then you have all these wolves wanting to find meaning in life, wanting to to hunt it, but it's getting so strong, and so so they're, they're despairing. And you have people who want to become professional, like school shooters, terrible things like that. And, and, and you know, and I think it has a lot to do with that drive for meaning.
0: Or the lack of and, capacity to find yeah, it. I, I mean... Or um, the lack of capacity. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think that these are complex issues. And, um,
4: yeah, definitely. I'm sorry.
0: Well, no, you're fine. I, I think we are going to move on a little bit, um, but I want to thank you for your oh, call. Okay.
4: Thank you for the call. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for talking to me. Sure.
0: Thanks very much, George. Okay. So... Now we're going to go ahead and move on, and we're going to take Robert in Austria, and you want to talk about secularity in Austria versus in the U.S., and um, presenting an arguments against fine-tuning. You're on with Tracy and Reggie. What's on your mind?
5: Um, yeah, hello. My name is Robert, but it's fine.
0: Yes, we can hear you.
5: Okay. Okay, yeah. So... Um I think it's perfect that I called this week since you were talking about religion in Haiti and stuff. So, um, first of all, I want to ask you a question: um, Have you ever been to church or attended a holy mass after you came out as an atheist?
0: I have.
1: I
5: have. Yeah. And like, how did you do it? Did you like participate in the singing and did you eat the holy communion?
0: No, I haven't, I haven't done communion because out of respect, um, because I, my understanding is that communion is like a believer's thing. That, that if you're a believer, that's kind of what you do. And so I see this as something that really I shouldn't do if I'm not a, a participant in their faith. Um, Singing songs, I did participate in the singing because as far as I know, everybody's welcome to sing along if the whole church is singing, if the whole congregation is singing. So I participated in the parts that I was aware um, were open to the public, and I declined to participate in things that were things that I was raised to understand that only members participated in.
5: Okay. Um, And about you, Reggie? Reggie?
0: Uh yeah,
1: I still get invited to churches. I go whenever I can. I don't have no problem going. Um been to a lot of mosques. I I've gotten into um the uh Hindu temples that's around where I live. I, I think it's great as far as the um the, the the art and how the temple got put together. So I find that stuff to be very fascinating. So I don't have a problem going to those places and participating whenever possible.
5: Okay. I was, I was wondering about that. Thanks for the answer. So um, about me, um, like the majority of people in Austria, I was raised as a Catholic. I was baptized as a baby, confirmed at the age of 14. And like most people around here, my family only went to church twice a year. You know, at oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I always have this question and never get a satisfying answers. So one day I just realized I don't believe, and so I went and you know signed the papers to leave the church. So no big deal. Oh, okay. And and yeah, the other thing is, I still visit churches, you know, for the big events in my uh, in my Christian friends, you know, baptism, weddings, and funerals. And sure. Yeah, like you, I uh, or I, I don't participate in singing because I cannot stand behind the. The words you know I, I don't want to sing words that I don't believe in ah okay and and like I'm not praying I'm not doing the cross I'm not eating the bread uh, like uh I don't know how you call right, it right right you know what I
0: mean yeah yeah communion
5: the communion yeah um and I'm not not sure how other people uh, reacted to you but like here nobody talks about religion and and nobody talks to me when they saw that I didn't participate or something. Um, Did did people react to you not participating in certain stuff?
0: Mm, You mean like people at the church when I didn't take communion?
5: Yes, something like that.
0: No, I mean, they just sort of offered it to me and I sort of indicated the next person should go. Um, uh, okay. So, so things like that. And, um, I'm trying to think, we also went to a mosque, but that was not really a religious service. Like we attended for some courses that they were offering on like, um, Islam 101. Um, so that was just kind of a get to know, kind of a meet and greet thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, it was, it was interesting. Like the church that I did go attend was a Baptist church and I was not raised Baptist, but I was raised conservative Christian, which I thought meant that this would be all, Old hat to me, but when I got there, they did some things that I was just like, oh, that is completely uncomfortable for me in a church. And afterwards, uh, Matt was there and he had grown up in the Baptist church and he was just like, nah, that's really normal, like for Baptists. And I was like, oh yeah, no. Like they did this thing where they hugged each other, like you turn around and you hug each other. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) No, I'm not up for like hugging stranger in a pew. Like that's just weird to me. But that was, I guess that's a, that's something that some churches do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess it's community. When you know everybody, it's probably far more comfortable than when you don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. and you're like hugging a stranger Um, so there was you know some stuff like that where I was sort of glad that I was there with some people from ACA so that I was just like I'm gonna hug a person I know here (laughs) because uh, I don't know these other people
5: (sighs) Okay, so maybe I imagine it's a bit more strict and stuff because of some of your callers or what you get from the media from the, what what are they called, Southern Baptist
0: Church? Oh, yeah, the, the Southern Baptists are very, very conservative. I mean, but if you show okay. up in their church, they're all, they're going to be hospitable, right? Because they want you okay. to come back. So everyone's going to be nice to you when you go into the church.
5: But I like, Catholics also have a, a bad reputation as far as I heard.
0: Um, I think the only Catholic services I remember going to was when I was very little. So I was a child the last time I went okay. to a service. Now I've been in Catholic churches, but the last time I went to a service, um, I just remember it being very quiet and very, um, ritualized. So it wasn't, it wasn't casual, right? And, um, I thought, yeah. you know, like the churches that I went to, there was a particular way that you dressed and a particular. But in the Catholic Church, it was very structured, like severely yes. structured, and even the singing. I, if I, I mean, it might be wrong, but it was like there was a choir, or I don't remember us singing. And I remember there was a lot of, you know, like the the whole standing, kneeling, sitting, <laughs> like whatever. Um, and I was not used to it because I wasn't raised in it, and so I was just kind of brought as a child. I just sort of did what everybody else was doing.
6: Yeah,
5: like yeah, and when I to go to church, you always look at the old ladies because they know that, and then you kind of <laughs> cheat and watch what they do. Right, right. Um, or, okay, so maybe I imagine it to be more strict uh, in the USA. Or, or I can tell you another story, and you can tell me if that sounds unusual. Okay. Like, my, my cousin asked me to be her best man, and neither she nor the priest had any problem with me uh, not believing. And. They even asked me to read one of those uh, prayer thingies, the uh, intercession.
0: Okay. Did you?
5: Uh, yes, I I picked one which had no. Oh, of you got God to God pick.
0: You got to pick it. Okay. All right. Yes.
5: Okay. And, like I picked one. I, I can't remember. Like I, I don't know what I read, but it had nothing to or not much to do with God at the afterlife. No,
0: that's and fine.
5: I had a problem with me not believing, and and I was yeah.
0: They wouldn't have a problem here either. So, for example, if you were asked to participate in a wedding party and your friend is religious, the pastor's not going to care. No, I mean, I was the best man. I don't think they would care. Now, see, here we, we do have something, you know, like godparents. And so yeah. if, if you're asked to be like a godparent for a child, you have to stand up and say that you're going to raise that child in the faith and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. some people are like, I can't be a godparent because I'm not going to take your kid to church um, if something okay. happens to you. Uh, but so they, they don't want to get up and, and you know, say what they need to say in order to become a godparent. Um, so they, they would probably be more aligned with like being becoming a guardian or something like a legal guardian, but they would not okay. be able to, to promise people publicly that they were going to raise a child in the church okay. yeah okay i see but that's more yeah. them i mean i think that if an atheist did get up and just say all that stuff and then later didn't do it i don't think anyone's gonna say you can't be the godparent any- i mean it would just be like y- you got up and lied yeah mm-hmm. so- um
5: okay so more that, that was more personally about me so to, to give you a better picture of, of my country, Austria, uh-huh. like 60% of the population are Catholics, but 30% of the people don't believe in any God, and that number is rising. Oh,
0: that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty high and, compared to here. Yeah.
5: But like on the other hand, the standard greeting, which I hear like 90% of the time when I enter a shop or when I meet anybody which I'm not on a first name basis on, the greeting is greet God or greetings from God.
0: Interesting. That's a like, very I mean, narcissistic like... greeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greetings from God. Let me offer them or, from uh, myself. Not, yeah,
4: <laughs> um, like that, I hear
5: that like, literally all the time, multiple times a that's day. That's an interesting and, greeting. Uh, and also we have like a cross in each classroom. We had Catholic <laughs> classes in school, like in the regular cl- classroom, two hours a week from the age from six until the age of 18. Right. Um, but that's only the one side. Like the other side is um, the classes are voluntarily and but as far as I know, nobody cared if you participated or not. Nobody talks even about religion around
0: here. Well, I have a question though. I want to know, like what was your what was your impression? What did you expect to hear? Because you seem surprised oh, by yeah. the answer. So what is it that you envisioned based um, on stuff you've heard about? I know that people
5: yeah, that people talk more about or that um, that it would be a bigger deal to, to join a, a mass without, uh, without believing.
0: Now, I, I think here um, the problems that arise when somebody is open about their non-belief have to do with people that are in communities where maybe everybody doesn't know they don't believe, right? So if you live in, a, in an area in the United States that is very, very religious and okay. you can't be out – because people won't want to be, like, won't want to acknowledge you as family, won't want to be friends with you. Um, your teachers might actually, uh, be biased against you and treat you badly if they find out you're, you're an atheist, um, or you might lose clients or lose your job. Um, now it's illegal to fire somebody if they're an atheist, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't do it and get away with it. It uh-huh. just means that it's against the law, but I'm, I'm sure that it would be an easy thing to do. All you'd have to do is find some excuse to fire somebody uh, and then just fire them and say that was the reason. So if you lived in a community like that, the problem wouldn't be having an open atheist in your – like marriage ceremony, it would be that the person who's being invited to be your best man who is an atheist probably wouldn't tell anybody that he was an atheist. He'd probably just go and pretend to be religious like he does all the time. Um,
5: the, the, I think that's probably the thing I, I have a hard time to understand because I didn't came out to anybody because nobody talks about religion. Yeah. I I'm not even sure of my friends who, who believes in a God, who believes in a Christian God, who believes in no God.
0: There are areas of the United States that are just like that. And then there's other areas of the United States that are, that are not like that at all. So it just okay. depends on where you live. And in some places, people talk about religion a lot and they care a lot. Like, there are there are areas of the United States where the first person, in the initial conversation someone has with you when they meet you, they're going to say, where do you go to church? So you move into a okay. new place, or you're going to be there over the weekend. Where do you go to church? You want to come to church with us? That's like opening conversation. But then there's other areas of the country where it's like you're saying, and nobody even cares.
5: Okay. I mean, one, one last point I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, like, also... Even with the whole um, church and school and stuff, mm-hmm. politicians never mention God or anything.
0: <laughs> oh, they do it here on, on uh, across the board. So it doesn't even yeah, really matter which which politician you're voting for. They're all going to pay some homage to God. Yeah,
5: so. no, I, I I don't even know the deno- denomination of, of most of my politicians. I, I had to do some research to even know who is a Christian and who is not.
0: Yeah, they pretty much all have. I mean, we thought we were really getting something when I think uh, I remember Obama talking at one point and he said something about people of all faiths and people of no faith. And my head almost just like blew up with, you know, like I couldn't believe what I just heard because nobody says that. So to hear a politician, especially the president, actually even acknowledge that atheists exist in this nation and are an included demographic was Huge was a huge thing because they don't. We're not usually even acknowledged. So,
5: would you would you prefer it if it was like here where they like they don't acknowledge atheists like in particular, but they don't acknowledge religion either?
0: Okay, so where you live, are there a lot of religious people trying to make people live religious lives using your government laws? No. Yes, then I would rather that we be like you. (laughs) Like um, I I would like us to be more like that. Yes.
5: Like I mean, I I I couldn't even imagine uh, talking about creationism before I I saw your show. Okay. Uh, I I didn't even believe that was a real thing.
0: (laughs) So. Yeah. Welcome Um, to the U.S.
5: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, um, I think I learned a little bit. Okay. And the, the second thing I wanted to talk to you, if, if I have a little bit of time.
0: Sure, give us a quick one. Um,
5: yeah, you you, uh, you get a lot of arguments about fine tuning and I wanted to give you a counter argument because okay. I think when you talk about the puddle, I think it's really fun, but you don't address the probability and most callers like insist on the probability. Um, and my analogy would be, If you roll a regular die, um, the odds to roll a six are one in six, right? Sure. Um, But if I peek at the die, and like I tell you, the number is even. Um, Now you would say the the probability that that die has rolled a six would be one in three. Okay. So my point is um, that information can change the probabilities. Sure. Or, or the other story, like if you read the headline of a newspaper, man finds lottery ticket in the streets. What would be the probability that this lottery ticket uh, is the big winning ticket?
0: I guess. Pro- oh, go yeah. ahead. I was going to answer, but go.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably higher than one in a million because why would it be the newspaper newspaper article?
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying that if you read it in the paper, that would be an indicator that it was a winning ticket. Um, yes. Yeah, because why would they report on somebody finding a losing ticket in the street? No, I understand. Exactly. Okay, I wasn't really looking at it from that perspective, but now I understand what you're getting at. Yes. So so my point
5: is, in the fine-tuning argument, the, the whole story starts, we are all sitting here in this world, and what are the odds that this world exists?
0: <laughs> Pretty high
5: you can't watch it in a vacuum it's like if i peek at the die and i tell you hey the number i see is bigger than five what are the odds that it's a six sure hundred percent
0: okay yeah i understand what you're saying
5: um so yeah do do you like do you like that argument will you use it or will you stick with the puddle or or do you see a flaw
0: well i mean i don't see a flaw really with the Puddle, because the puddle I don't think is talking about probabilities so much as it's saying that you're looking at it and you're, you're trying to make it seem like something that you, that formed you is something that was perfect for you in a way that it didn't form you, right? So it's like Um, ignoring the fact that you're actually a product. Your shape is a product of the puddle. And with creationism, what they're saying is, is it just amazing that we're shaped, that this puddle is shaped just like us? And it's like, well, Um, the puddle is dictating the shape. No, I I understand the puddle analogy, but... I just don't think it, it, I don't really see how that um, confronts probabilities. What do you mean? Like, I don't understand how the puddle analogy is tied to probabilities.
5: No, but the fine-tuning argument is tied to probability. Yeah. It's like the odds are so...
0: Oh, right. Yes. Low. Yeah. And the more information you get, the the more you can make better assessments of, of any probability.
5: Yeah. And like when I I've watched a lot of your show and I have not seen once a call- caller who heard the puddle analogy saying, oh, yeah, um... Everybody went back to the probability. Yeah, the problem, But like,
0: so what you're saying is, what when somebody asks, when somebody starts to give like astronomical probabilities that this world would exist, you're saying the probability is 100 percent because here it is. Yes. Basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a short. long story short. I understand. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I get you.
5: All right. So yeah. Um, yeah. I guess.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, thanks for calling. It was interesting to talk to you about Austria and religion in Austria.
1: Great country, I've been there.
0: Oh, there you go. Reggie says, great country, he's been there. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, thanks thanks a lot, Robert. All right.
1: We have a Haitian atheist on the line.
0: We do, so let's go ahead and speak to Pierre in Chicago, who is a Haitian atheist and wants specific advice from Reggie. What? You're
3: hello. on with Tracy and Reggie. Hey, Pierre. Hello, hello, hello. I am Pierre, and I'm, like you said, from Haiti. I was born there, grew up there, and um, I, right now, I live in Chicago. I'm an engineer in telecommunication. And so I heard, I see Reggie on the, on the show, and I'm like, wow, let <laughs> me get in and then <laughs> say hi. Very good. Hey. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, so um, actually, I became an atheist like about a year ago, and it was because of technically um, discrepancies found in the Bible. That's really you know the main reason that led me out of of religion in general. But then, as soon as I saw that, it was like an empty vessel, and then I had to go to some other sources and see what's going on. So I fun Richard Dark and um Christopher Hitchens and and then that was good but they they don't go into details like you guys do on this show. So I found this show, the atheist experience, and I've been following you guys ever since, especially you, Tracy and Matt. It's it's just amazing. And so um I I thought of doing the same thing for for Haiti, but I didn't have the means and I don't know anybody else from Haiti who would be an atheist. And so I saw Reggie right now. I'm like, she's the the best time to call and see, you, you know, go. if we can get
1: together and actually get something done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Um, you can find me online. Uh, you could just Google Haitian free thinkers, and everything related to that is is what I've been doing. But uh, congratulations! It's good to uh, meet another Haitian atheist, and uh, I will help you as best as I can whenever I can.
0: Yeah, and I think I have I have put a link to Haitian free thinkers. Um, on the blog. So you, you guys have a link up there for this particular show blog entry. And if anybody wants to find that and to contact you, they can actually go to, um, freethoughtblogs forward slash AXP, look for the top post, which is going to feature this show. And, uh, in the, in the section underneath the video is going to be a link to the Haitian Freethinkers. That's what's up. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds
1: good. Thank you very much. No problem.
0: Networking. (laughs) Thanks, Pierre.
1: (laughs) I see see that's a theist from Miami. That's the second caller from Miami. I think that's kind of
0: interesting and strange. Okay, so should we try that one? Let's go ahead and talk to Jacob from Miami. You're on with Tracy and Reggie, and you want to talk about Evidence for Creator.
6: Yeah, how are you guys doing?
0: Good, Good. Thank you. Um, I just, well, first I wanted to, uh, you guys
6: were talking about earlier about why God doesn't manifest himself or why doesn't God show himself. And, uh, I just wanted to say, I think an appropriate biblical response to that would be, uh, that even if he did, uh, people still wouldn't accept him. I would I mean, you see evidence of that in the Old Testament with the the nation of Israel. He he did manifest himself and they still didn't believe. So, uh, just wanted to sort
0: of. Right. But he still manifested Uh, himself, right?
1: Right, but it didn't yeah. matter. They they still right. Completely...
0: So it didn't matter, and yet God kept doing it. And all of a sudden, He doesn't do it anymore.
1: Well, wher- whether whether I believe, I'm sorry. Can whether I believe in God or not after He shows up is a different question. Um, the first step is to show up, which He can't and He will not because I I know why. But if I dist- still disbelieved, then that's on me. But at least everybody can see that. Wow, you, we you got the evidence and you still don't believe, then that's something that we can deal with after the fact. But the point is that right, but, I, asked, I asked that question because that's like a really good way to show that you actually exist, to show up.
6: Right. But if if God knows that regardless of whether or not he shows up, you're not going to believe, then I would say him not showing up is, is understandable. He no, it's
0: not when he has a believe. history of showing up. When he has a history of showing up and you're saying he actually has a history of showing up repeatedly in the Old Testament even to people that didn't believe and even when people still didn't believe and he's omnipotent or whatever and or omniscient and knew that they weren't going to believe. And then suddenly you're saying, well, the reason he's not showing up on your show is because you're not going to believe anyway, even though he has a history of doing exactly that.
1: And, and Jacob, how does yeah. that work? How does that work when a person shows up and I still don't believe? Like Tracy's here. How can I say to everybody, I still don't believe that you exist? She's right there. Right. I mean, uh, it's you, a done you deal. You
6: might at that point acknowledge that he exists. You, you might at that point say, okay, yeah, you exist, but you wouldn't you wouldn't submit to his authority. So right? what? You would still be in
0: rebellion. So what?
1: I, w- I would I so would not what? submit to his uh, authority because I think he's evil. But I could not right. not be a believer anymore because he would have showed up. It would be the same th- thing as if like if the devil shows up to you right now, would you submit to his authority?
6: Right. No, absolutely not. Because I know because I think he's evil. <laughs> exactly.
1: So it's, it's, it's kind of like the same thing that, that's
6: for me. my point, though. You kind of just proved my point, though, uh, in what you just said. Uh, you think he's evil. So you uh, like the scripture says, you 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 hate him. So if he shows up. It's not gonna do you're, you're just gonna tell right the, but he you
0: know, did I guess what I keep saying and what I keep coming back to is that your argument that this is a reason not to show up is invalidated by the fact that you already said that he did even in the was, same circumstances
6: validated by by him showing up in the past thats
0: because I'm what you're basically dark. saying is if you know somebody's not going to believe in you anyway, why would you show up? And it's like you'd have to ask God because he's done it.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Right? And right. so if this is if it's within his character to do that, wait a minute. If it's within his character right. to do that, you can sit here all day and, and make up reasons why he shouldn't do it or wouldn't do it. But the fact is he does do it. And if he does yeah, do it, well, there's no reason to not do it now.
6: Right. Well, it's it's not that it's in his character to do that. He shows up in the Old Testament for specific reasons. Uh, it wasn't just him him doing it because uh, for because no, he was no asked, he that.
0: right? He was asked well, well, to show up and prove well, to right. these unbelievers that he was God.
6: Yeah. Well, essentially, like I said, it just doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you can agree. We can agree to disagree on that. I don't understand. No, he did it. <laughs> oh,
0: There's no disagreeing. He
6: did it. So, so your argument is that. Regardless of whether or not you would actually respond, you—the fact that he doesn't show up—is some sort of uh, evidence that he doesn't exist.
0: Right. When the when the tradition is that he does show up, even to non-believers, yes.
6: Okay. So, okay. I, I don't know how that's a logical argument. Can, can I can I say no, something real quick, not- Jacob?
1: Jacob, you're conflating two different things. If I may interject, the first thing is to show that he exists. So he shows up. The second thing that you're talking about is whether I would um, follow him, um, whether I like him or I don't like him. That's a separate question. If he shows up, we all will say that we believe because we have the evidence. The second question is we will then worship. And I'm not going to worship if it's Yahweh of the Bible because I disagree with what he's done. And I think you would disagree with what he's done, too, if you're a decent person. Just the same way that if uh, the the devil shows up to you, you would probably disagree with him. I don't know why, because he hasn't done as as much evil. When
6: you say what he's done, are you referring to the the Canaanite tribes?
1: What are you referring to? Well, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the Canaanite tribe. I'm I'm talking about drowning everybody. I'm talking about... Let
6: me ask you a question. If if there was a country right now that you saw in the news was... uh, was sacrificing their own children to to gods, and the United States decided to go in there and take over. Uh, would you
0: have a problem with that? And kill all the rest of and the remaining kids children? Kids. Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's not really what happened. But I'm sure you've heard that argument before. Uh, that's that's not really what. Happened. Wait, wait. So but, um,
1: Jacob, so- do you, do you have a problem with killing your own child? Well, of course. Okay, because I I know that's what Yahweh is famous for, right? Jesus. Um, he, he, he gave his only beloved son so that, you know, that's how the whole entire planet, but right. So his, his child got, got sacrificed,
0: right? He made a human sacrifice basically. And, and, and that was his whole setup, right? He could have made any plan he wanted and his plan was a human sacrifice. Well, because right, but but he obviously
6: God knows that Jesus is is God you know, Jesus is God incarnate. It's not like he's losing his
1: son. So maybe the Canaanites
0: lose his son. Well there's a new spin on the Christian So maybe the
1: Canaanites knew something when they were doing their
6: what do you mean that's a new spin?
0: Because most understand. people say that, Je- that God, God gave his only son. In fact, that's a quote almost but, but from Jesus the Bible. Is,
6: but Jesus is God incarnate. For God so, so loved exist.
0: the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him does, should not perish but have an everlasting according, life.
6: According to Christians, does Jesus still exist? according to the Christian
0: faith? Yes, they say he still exists. So, okay, so <laughs> what you're so basically saying is that there was no sacrifice now. Now your argument is that nothing was really sacrificed because nobody he, died. He
6: suffered. No, he suffered and died on the cross, but was he not resurrected?
0: They're saying that he was resurrected, which kind of negates the sacrifice, right? right? So nobody died. How well, I just... I just did not negate the sacrifice? Because there wasn't one. If you're still alive, you didn't die.
1: Jacob, I just wanted to just to point out that if well, wait, you, well,
0: wait a minute,
6: but hold on. I, I just want to confirm what you just said. So so you just said that he didn't die because he was resurrected from the dead.
0: Did he ever really he die? Dead. According well, to the Christians, he did he cease to exist at any point? No. OK, so then he didn't yes, die. He's got. Right, so there well, was no
6: death. The idea would be, and I'm well. The idea would be, and I'm sure you've heard of this: is the idea hypostatic union. So Jesus has two natures; he's fully human, and at the same time, he's full deity.
1: But, but Jacob, so a lot of people, lot you
0: can't died. be a hundred percent human and a hundred percent deity unless humans a lot are of, deities. A
1: lot of people, even in the Bible, have resurrected. So even Jesus resurrecting is not a unique or. You know, thing because that that was. You know. right, Lazarus was
0: resurrected. That reminds me of that drink. That's like nothing. something. that's something like nothing but lemonade or something like that. And now they've got nothing but lemonade with cranberry. Like it makes no sense. You know
6: what's interesting? You know what's interesting is that you guys are, are ready to admit that you don't know everything about science, but when it comes to theology, you you that's not something you're. No, you're, you're I'm not totally willing to
0: say know. that a lot of this stuff makes no sense to okay. me, and I don't understand it. So, and I'm so just saying you, that when other people explain it, being... it doesn't make sense either.
6: So if I okay, right? But is that is it? Is, does that mean that it's not true because you don't understand it?
0: No, but when somebody says something that's impossible, that would be not true. Okay. I so can't say that this Jesus that this piece of fruit married, in my God. I can't say that I have a piece of fruit that is 100% apple and 100% orange. Th- that piece of fruit doesn't exist.
6: That, that's not a that's not a good analogy. Uh, th- Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. So two separate natures. You said he was a hundred percent human
0: and a hundred percent God. That uh, was that's, exactly that's, that's, what you said.
6: Yeah, it should be well. The it should be fully man, fully God. The hundred percent is. I shouldn't have said that. So it's fully man, fully God.
1: Well, what if I said I'm fully man? I'm fully God.
6: Well, that's that's uh, you can say that. That's irrelevant,
0: though. The, the point is, is that why that, is it irrelevant? Wait a minute, why is it irrelevant? Well,
6: because that's not because that's not part of the conversation. He can defy himself if he wants. I don't see how that's relevant to the conversation.
0: I think he just did. We're talking
1: about the same thing. So I just if, I, I just made a statement. That I'm hundred. I'm fully god. And I'm fully man. So therefore,
6: okay, great
1: you going to worship me because you can see me. I've actually taken my time to show up to the atheist experience. You see me unlike Yahweh, and you're not going to give me my, my just dues. That's 10 percent of your income. I don't understand how
6: that doesn't apply to Christians, but I don't understand how that's a relevant point.
1: It's relevant because I'm here. You're talking to me. I don't how any
0: of this is relevant because we're supposed to be talking about evidence for creator.
6: Okay, right. So let, let me get to that point then. Do you guys think that there's any evidence at all for a for outside of any religion? So forget about talking specific religions. Just just the idea that there's a, a creative being that put everything together. Do you think there's any
0: evidence for that at all? I see no evidence for it.
1: No, I do not. You see no evidence for for a creator.
0: At yes, all. that's what I just said.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
6: So so Complex biology, the systems in the universe—that that absolutely doesn't move you at all in terms of that. no, and it doesn't
0: move biologists, and it doesn't move cosmologists either.
6: None of them. You, you can make that statement. No, there's no Christian biologists.
0: No, I'm not saying there's. I'm saying that their their knowledge of biology is not being put forward as some sort of published paper trying to demonstrate God's hand. So they don't they don't see God's hand in it enough to actually try and assert that on a professional level. So as far as the— Well, the, plenty of them
6: do, though. Plenty, well, there's plenty of Christian biologists that write thesis data. There's plenty of that. Yeah, they tried it in
0: Dover. Like they tried it in Dover where they put those papers on trial, and they found that it was just creationism dressed up to try and get it into a classroom, that there was really nothing—there there was no validity to this. And in fact, other other people in biology reject those ideas, such as uh, irreducible complexity. Right? If you go and look up the peer response to it, you're not going to find that this is the consensus of biologists. In fact, it's a it's a minority fringe view.
1: Or or um, we can do this. Uh, I'm here. I have some water in my cup. Can you ask the creator to create some wine right now? I-
0: well, before we move on, I mean, I just want to say that if the scientists themselves are not publishing and saying, "Hey, it's our consensus that the field of biology demonstrates the hand of God," or it's our consensus that the field of cosmology demonstrates the hand of God, then you shouldn't be amazed. When, then you shouldn't be amazed when someone says, "I don't see the hand of God in this stuff."
6: What you're saying right now is a dishonest argument. Uh, there's been scientists from Einstein to current day biologists and and, and medical uh, that, that, that that you know uh, that that assert that the complexity of of biology and, and the universe is absolutely and obviously evidence for a a creator. And not. yet so they can't I, I can convince
0: understand. the the broad field of biologists that there's anything to it, and they're for the most part not even trying, right? If it's that obvious, why aren't they just writing it down in terms that their peers can understand and that they can then be convinced that this shows the hand of God? This is not hard. This is how you – if you're a biologist and you're convinced of something that biology is demonstrating, that's the thing you do, right? You put forward a peer-reviewed paper and you make that argument and you let people assess it and criticize it, and when that's done – those arguments that don't fly. That
6: assertion. They don't fly in your mind.
0: No, they don't fly in the fields in which they're being suggested by the fringe true. people suggesting them.
6: That is them. not true at all. That is not true at all. They're not accepted by atheists. To say that they're not oh my accepted God. at all is a dishonest
0: argument. No, That's it's not, not dishonest at all. at all. There is nothing about consensus of biology that dictates that there's a God. And there's nothing about the consensus of cosmology that concludes that there's no. a God.
6: No, no, I'm saying that it's conclusive evidence for a guy. No, I'm not saying, saying
0: conclusive. I'm saying consensus. The scientists themselves do consensus not hold not that consensus. this is a demonstrated oh, fact so based only, on their fields.
6: Oh, no, you're you're only going to give it, you're only going to see it as legitimate if
0: there's a consensus? Yes. That's your standard? That should be everyone's standard. No consensus that what you believe is true. So no. Your argument. Holy cow. If a thing is not consensus, what you're basically saying is that the, the, majority of people in the field, the majority of experts in this field do not believe this is a correct thing. And so when they're the experts in the field and they're validating this information and they're looking at the information and the evidence that's presented and they're saying, we don't think that this is the proper conclusion, that the person who wrote this paper, the conclusion that they're making or trying to make is not demonstrated by this evidence. There's problems with this paper. They're evaluating it based on professional expertise and the capacity to evaluate it. And they're saying in the majority that this is not evidence for a God. And so for you to act like I'm somehow amazing that I don't accept biology as evidence for God, when the majority of biologists and, and the field of biology does not put it forward. Not,
6: but, but I'm not talking about biology being evidence for God. I'm, I'm talking about biology being evidence for a uh, creator, uh, an indicator of, a
0: creator. Uh, uh, and they have not put this forward. This is not consensus. Biology does not say this. It doesn't promote it. It's not part of biology.
6: So, so, you're saying so you that, need
0: a better argument than look at biology. You're saying,
6: you're saying that the systems that, that cause your body to function, that work together, uh, along with the systems in the universe that, that create an environment where this same body can thrive in.
0: That no, it didn't create an environment in which this body evidence. can thrive. This is the puddle, man. We were just talking about this with another caller. Okay, so This is the puddle. So
6: the environment that you live in that that if it were any different, you probably wouldn't survive. Then it, that, I would that's be not different. The puddle.
0: I would be different and we'd be it having be this different. conversation and I would be different.
6: Okay so but th- the there, point no, is
0: that people who study the fields and are expert in the fields that you are invoking do not accept your conclusion based on their some knowledge of, of, of the a growing, field.
6: A growing number of them do. No. A growing number of them no, do. No, so I don't, so don't care about, about their personal beliefs. The My plumber
0: can be a Christian, it doesn't mean that plumbing demonstrates God.
6: No, I'm talking about people that actually study these things.
0: Right, they are not saying, they are not putting their money where their mouth is. They are not trying to present evidence to convince their peers to change the consensus of their field to say that it demonstrates a God.
1: I don't even know what else to say about it. I mean, man,
0: I'm dropping this call. I don't know how else to explain this. I mean, for somebody to just keep telling me But, you know, but biology, and it's like, yeah, and biologists have not come out with, as far as I know, there is no professional association of biologists that puts forward that biology demonstrates a God exists or that it is evidence for a creator. I don't know of any, you know, valid peer-reviewed group of biologists who puts forward that this is demonstrated in their field. This is totally different than whether or not they personally believe a God exists. You can personally believe a God exists and you can see God in, you know, your toast or in a cell or or a baby's face. But the fact is, unless you have consensus in the field of expert peers that this is really what we're looking at here, you don't get to just go around telling other people that that's, that's how they have to look at it. Let the experts look at it that way. And if you think they should, then talk to them about it. Write your paper. Get it published. I mean, I, I just saw this thing about a little girl who was like, I think she was like 11 or 12, and she got her first paper published in JAMA, right? So you don't even have to have the requisite degrees. She did a study on, um, what is it, like touch healing or something like that. Now, this wasn't like a, a recent thing. It was in a book that I was reading on management, actually. But it dealt with the idea of evidence and testing and measurability. It was talking about how you can measure intangibles. And so they talked about this study that the little girl did and how simple it is to sometimes to measure a thing that sounds like it's complicated. And mm-hmm. she did this little study, but she was just a child and she published in JAMA. It's like, you know, this if you really want to prove it, if you really think you're seeing it and you think that experts in the field need to see it, not just on a personal level, but a professional, let them put their credentials on this. And some of them do. There are papers published on irreducible complexity and they get shredded Shredded by the community of peers. People aren't—you don't see the community of peers saying, wow, we never thought of this before. This is completely convincing. Or even, you know, we should look into this more because this is definitely something going on here. You don't even see that. You just see blanket criticism. All right. So anyway, people who disagree can go to the blog and tell me I'm wrong and that I shouldn't have hung up on that collar. But I just—that was circles. We were going in circles. I was repeating myself, they were repeating themselves, and this was not gonna get resolved.
1: I think it gets uh, it's just easier to just show up and just create. Why can't just God just come <laughs> right. and create? I'm, am I asking for too much? Just create. Yeah. You're a
0: creator, create. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's try Ray in Texas who has a definition for God. Hi, Ray, you're on with Tracy hey, How's How's going, you? Going, Tracy? Hey, doing okay.
7: What's that? Uh, Well, definition of God, I was kind of wondering if I am truly an atheist because I'm a, a deist and I have my own beliefs of God, uh, if that qualifies as a definition of God.
0: Man, if you're calling so, it God, I, I, I'm going to say that for you, it's probably theism. I might not accept it as a God, but I can't tell you what you have to—I can't say you can't accept it as a God. I can only say whether or not I would.
7: Uh, well, I disbelieve every religion on earth and I do not put any credit in the supernatural abilities usually attributed to a God. So I consider myself an atheist simply because I don't believe in any religion that anybody's ever you know put forth to me.
0: But you're an atheist with a definition of God.
7: Well, yeah, I, I think God is just more like a consciousness, like the original consciousness of the universe. I think uh, is there an original
0: consciousness I of the universe
7: that, yeah it, it's hard to explain my belief. like but the I first think, thing
0: that evolved consciousness it like or proto yeah, or that, I
7: think I think that I think that life has a purpose in the universe I don't think life is the purpose for the living things I think the universe itself has a purpose for life in the universe. I think that everything in the universe has a purpose. And I think it would be silly to think that we would be the only things in the universe that don't have a purpose.
0: Why do so you, think, think, why do you, you think, think anything has a purpose in this universe?
7: I think that the universe would not exist without a conscious life form in it. Why? If, if nothing, Because nothing could sense the universe. If wait a minute. Oh, okay, so wait a there.
0: minute. So wait. So okay. So we're talking about here that there is a universe, and within the universe, some things are non-conscious and some things are conscious, right? And are you saying that if there were, if it were composed of purely non-conscious things, it wouldn't exist?
7: Exist essentially, it would not okay. exist.
0: If we're talking about manifestation, I've, I've, like conscious manifestation, then you have a semantic point um, in that. Yeah, we could kind of rule out that the word existence would have very little meaning, right? Because we use it as uh-huh. manifestation, which what what are you manifesting to if not something that can, you know, perceive manifesting things. So from that perspective, I would say I th- believe I can accept your point. Um, I still think these things would have like tangible physical existence, e- although even the word tangible might become useless at a point you had no conscious minds. Um the the things would be there, but whether or not anything would perceive of them, obviously not, if there was no consciousness, at least not in the way that we understand right. perception.
7: Right. Something has to see. It, it's almost like the tree in the forest thing, only a lot uh, taken to an nth degree.
0: Right. The, uh, the, the sound waves right. would go out, but nothing would pick them up. And so if you define sound as the waves, then it would make a sound. If you define right, right. sound as the That's perception, would... then no, it right. made no sound.
7: Right. I think the answer to that question is just how you define sound. I agree. All right. The, uh, so this is how this is how I picture the universe. Then I, I think the universe is a is a kind of like a vague construct. It's almost like we're like like you would be a fish swimming in an ocean if we could perceive the entire universe. The the reason that we get the universe that we experience is simply because our senses limit us. To being able to experience a small part of the universe, I really think if we could sense everything, right? We don't
0: have access to the entire universe. Life, right? I think we're on board.
7: Okay, and uh, so that's it. So I, I think the the I think like the original consciousness of God can literally sense everything in the universe, which actually does him no good. And I think he can sense the universe. Okay, now you've better. lost me.
0: There's I understand there are things there. in the universe that are conscious, but where are you getting like a consciousness of God? Like, what is, what is that? Where did that come from?
7: This the same thing. Actually, I had that thought when I was a kid. Uh, the same thing that happens in our brain. You know, it, it seems that that the the action of small particles that each and themselves do tiny little things, but have no idea of the overall goal. It seems like that's where consciousness arises. And wait
0: a minute, I, now, and now I'm, I'm really stuff. confused because I don't know what you mean by overall goal. Now, the idea that yes, uh, conscious the things,
7: goal, uh, uh, a cell in your body has no idea. Oh, maybe goal is a bad word. The overall result, the cell in your body Right. It doesn't no understand what it
0: does. Right, it's, it's not self-aware. Person alive, Excuse right? I, it's not self-aware, but I have no reason to think that something that is self-aware produced it.
7: Uh, I don't know what you mean by self-aware. All I,
6: all I well, because you, you, you sounded like uh, what so you were
0: saying is that there was some uh, sort of conscious being that, that created these things that, that aren't conscious that are doing what they do. And I might have misunderstood.
7: Yeah, things just come about naturally through okay. chemical processes okay. in the universe. And, and these natural processes also develop a consciousness, right. basically... Through movement of millions of small little particles, each doing their own little functions, unaware of the entire human body that they're. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. I, I follow.
7: Okay, and I think the universe is the same way. I, I, okay. I, that's like what now. That's where. Universe, that's where I have you know, trouble I think, following. I think. The, I, I, I can't follow I think you there. The consciousness of God. I, wait. The I'm God's not
0: worried about what you a, think about it. I'm, I'm worried about why you think it.
7: I'm sorry. I guess we're losing our connection a little bit too.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I guess I'm asking why you think this. Like, why do you think uh, the universe well, it, works it like a person, my, and that the universe has consciousness of its own in some way? Because
7: Basically, because it was it was just my initial concepts in life when I was a kid. Right. And but I heard but you understand, just because God, you think of believe.
0: something doesn't make it true. Is that correct? I mean, I think of things all the time that aren't true. Right.
7: But as Science progresses, and I watch science, and I see what's going on in the quantum universe, and I see the theories of of the uh, of all the science. I just see that nothing has ruled out any of these beliefs that I had. The, it, wait a minute, but but childhood. ruling I something
0: out, ruling something out. The, the question is, how did you get to to accept it in the first place? It, it's not like science has to rule. Like science hasn't ruled out a lot of things that doesn't make oh, them because true I
7: believe there's a, because i do believe because i do believe there's the god that's, right that's
0: science hasn't I ruled out remember. bigfoot but that's not a reason to believe that there is one
7: well bigfoot didn't you know come about as the entire universe either you know well
0: we don't know that god came about as the entire universe either
7: I think it's very logical, though. I think it's very logical to think that it, at it one doesn't time
0: really matter that what no matters things- is whether it's true.
7: Well, no, not to me. I guess I'm not. I didn't call up really to. I'm not trying to convince you that what I'm saying is true. I'm kind of calling up to see. If, if I can still be an atheist when I don't okay. believe in a religion, I don't have any religion. yes,
0: I, I think trauma. that I if you believe that there is a creator of the universe that is conscious and personal and that it you know produces all things, runs all things, I, I would say most people would would hand you God, right? They would say that you well, can use that he label does
7: produce all things. I don't think he produces all things and runs all things. Well, you said I he was like he the consciousness created- of the
0: universe.
7: The consciousness that's he doesn't run anything. He's just aware of. Well, you you
0: compared all these things the to like a body, right? And you said that they're all part of you, and that you have this consciousness, and all these things kind of do their thing, and they're part of you, right? So God is a consciousness, and the universe is God's body. Is kind of what you're describing. At least that's what I'm understanding.
7: I guess kind of like that in, in a way. That, uh, I think God is different in different parts of the universe. It's not just a. It's not. That's a pretty simplistic view, what you said. I think if you go to a different part of the universe with different things and different matter making different motions, you may find that, like in different parts of your brain, that God is a completely different in different parts of the universe. So it's a little simplistic what you said, but I guess essentially it's kind of like that. I think God is the universe, or at least this part of
0: the universe. I would say that most people, if you said that the universe has a mind... Um, and a purpose, and, you know, that mind kind of drives the per. I don't know. I would say most people would take that and say that you're not abusing the label God. Like, I, I think that would that would sort of, you know, squishily fit into that definition. I would say I wouldn't call you an atheist.
7: Oh, well, but God puts no... He puts no demands on us. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) It really doesn't matter. I mean, you described it initially as being a deist, right? So you believe that God created the universe and just let his hands off. No,
7: no, no, he does not create the universe. The universe created God. I think God came about as the result of the movements of the universe. And I think God is a natural creation of the universe, and he doesn't have any influence on the universe, except his consciousness allows it to exist.
0: All right, so God keeps the universe going.
7: No, God sees the universe going.
0: But his consciousness allows it to exist. You didn't just say his consciousness, you know, observes it. You said it allows it to exist.
7: I didn't mean if I said that I maybe I I misspoke. I don't I don't remember
0: that's okay. I,
7: I said that sentence too. No, I don't think he allows things to exist. But I think he came about from he naturally arose out of the universe, and I don't think he has any particular powers. I think I think life's purpose in the universe is simply to bear witness to the universe so that it can exist. I think it does have a purpose in the universe, just like everything seems to have a purpose in the universe. I don't, and when I say purpose, I don't mean the purpose why the universe is created. I mean, a purpose as to the functions of the universe. You know, you wouldn't have a universe as we recognize it if planets didn't go around the sun. So planets, in my view, have a purpose in the universe. Yeah, Stars purpose is a bad word
0: to be using if that's uh-huh. not what you mean. I would find another way to but describe all
7: that. all that has a purpose in the universe. And I think life, too, has a purpose in the universe. I think there is something that...
0: Right, but you're defining purpose as just stuff that stuff does. Like a rock rolling down a hill, you're saying, is a purpose. That the purpose of the rock is to roll down the hill. And I think that most people don't use the term purpose in that way. And you okay, okay, you might okay, want to find another then. label because you're going to confuse it's people with that.
7: Okay, it's, it's a tool then. The rock is a tool of the universe.
0: It's Something just a rock rolling down a universe? hill. The rock rolls down a hill. It does what it does.
7: Because of gravity. Right. And gravity exists in the universe. Right, but when you're talking about a tool, happens- though,
0: you're going to give people the wrong impression, right? That goes right back to the problem okay. of okay. purpose. Yeah,
7: yeah. Okay. All right, well, and gravity would be the tool, I guess. the tool. <laughs> okay, I... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the label expert here. You guys are the label All experts. Right. That's why I, I just think that some of
0: the labels you're okay. using are anthropomorphic, and then when we start to dive into them, you start to back off the anthropomorphic meanings. And so I, that's the only thing I'm pointing out, is that if you're going to discuss these concepts oh. with people, you might want to kind of think about not giving them terms. Like a tool, for example, is something that something uses in order to affect right. a, a a a purpose right like i want to get this thing out of the jar i use a can opener um and that's my tool that i'm using to get this done
7: what if if you were a universe what if you were a universe and you wanted to
0: the universe doesn't want i guess that's what i'm saying saying is as far as a universe i have no reason to think it wants anything
7: i know i know i know i know i i i'm not saying it wants it
0: (laughs) but you uh, are saying that that's the problem
7: you have to be I know. Well, you have to be very careful. I guess when I speak to you, I'm not used to speaking to you, so just bear okay. with me. When when the universe does something, uh-huh. when something happens in the when right. something happens in the universe. Oh, I've kind of lost my train of thought now. When when something happens in the universe, it, it's because it's the way the universe is designed right now. It's not because there's any purpose for the universe. It's the way the universe is designed right now. Things happen in the universe, like planets, suns explode and create planets. Sure, stuff happens. Life too, life too converts matter into other types of matter and releases energy in the process. And I think if there is life throughout the universe, which is another one of my beliefs, I believe life literally reigns through the universe, at least in our part of it, and I think life is all over. And I think life's job is to convert matter into matter. That's it's not a job as as like there's a purpose that the universe has, but that's what life does. The so the universe evolved in a certain way, and we evolved with it. and And what we do in our evolution, what our part is, is to just to convert matter and and energy. That's what we do.
0: Yes, we do. I don't do think
7: that. We have a great purpose morally in life i think we have a function that we do in the universe just like just like stars make metal
0: yeah I, I think in the end if i was going to summarize this i would probably summarize it as things do things
7: things do things you're right and i think people are one of the <laughs> things that do things where people we are usually i agree think that they're special somehow they think that the whole universe was here for them and i don't think so i think we're just we just do things people do things we do, and people do, do things. things. And that, that's all, was...
0: and on that so note, that case, I, <laughs> you get to be our final caller for the night. View. Well, we have a uh, another show that I'm I've already cut into by about six minutes, so I need to thank oh. the cast, the crew, the audience, like everybody, Reggie, for coming on. <laughs> free thinkers and be ready for our next program parenting beyond belief which is coming up right after this
4: Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome.
1: Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply.